Pawn send the queen! We've lost Anne, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was my internet. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah it was very unflattering. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> this was the, 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 the start of my diet this week as well, because I've just been eating so much like sugar. Maybe you I'm should just... fly to Dubai and work out. <laughs> to inspire people. To inspire people. <laughs> Fit on, fit on dot app. It's very oh, no. good. Yes, let's have another okay. go. Take let's, two. Let's give this a rock and roll. Five second silence. Have a good show. Pod save the queen. Hello and welcome back to Pod save the queen. Lots to catch up on this week because it's been two weeks since we've been talking about the regular royal goings on as we were talking about the princess diana documentary last week i'm your host Anne Gripper. i'm delighted to be reunited with daily mirror royal editor russell myers hello we are reunited we are reunited we? and you're a whole year older than last time we met <gasps> continuum i am thank you very much for the birthday wishes everybody i may have mentioned it was my birthday once or twice on social media <laughs> uh, but yeah <laughs> a lockdown birthday, birthday. I, hadn't, I hadn't had one you'd had a lockdown birthday i hadn't had one and you shared a birthday with sophie wessex as well so uh, i did i did yeah there's quite a few <laughs> famous people gary barlow of take that fame uh, fame who else? Uh, Mark Wright from The Only Way is Essex. From... All the important people. Oh, yeah, exactly. Getting a good five-a-side five squad together there. Uh, not it... bad, eh? Yeah, not there, bad. There were some lovely messages that people left on our on our Instagram page when I posted the picture with some added balloons of you with your cup of tea. But um, I just want to share Jennifer Tyler Willoughby because she says, Happy birthday, Russell, from Arizona with a cactus. Yay. I have to say, after listening to you all for a couple of years now, I finally looked up your Instagram page, Russell. I was surprised at how much younger and cheekier you look than I thought <laughs> by just listening to your voice. I hope your next trip around the sun is a great one. And Anne, you don't look anywhere near 40. I should know too, as I will turn 40 for the fifth time next month. Oh, here, here. <laughs> I love listening to you all and enjoy your conversations and witty banter. Cheers to you both and Dan too. Champagne glasses emoji. So thank you very much. That was a very lovely message and there's loads of other lovely ones as well. Very much appreciated. But... Russell's head will get far too large if I share <laughs> Yes, well, that's very kind. It's very kind. Thank you very much. So, um, other celebration days this week. Uh, Are you um, Ben? Hello. Oh. The box is just turned off. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot take oh. any more of today. It's too much. Tremendous. Maybe just leave that bit in. <laughs> Yeah, do leave it in, leave it in, and then we'll cut. We'll say we've had. Well, look, I've got the, I've got the recording on Zoom, so we'll just pick up and I'll I'll blend. If in that's okay. Yeah, carry that's on. Okay. So, other exciting celebration days this week, Russell. Was there a dilemma in your house, or did you just not bother? There was Burns Night for Scottishness, and there was St Doyne Wednesday for Welshness on Monday night. So we were Welsh in our house because I'm married to you are my own Prince yes. of Wales. So, well, sorry, what's St Saint- St. Doinwen. St. Doinwen. St. Doinwen. pretty interesting. So she um, is the patron saint of lovers in Wales. Apparently, I've read, I've, I don't know the full story, but I did see somebody saying stories about people freezing ex-boyfriends is always a good thing. So anyway, <laughs> I, need to, I need to dig a bit further into that one. But I got made Welsh cakes, so that 
in a heart shape. So that was lovely. Oh, look at this. Mr. Glaze well, once lockdown, again. Lockdown baker he is now. And some Glamorgan sausages and some Welsh rarebits. It was a very substantial meal, but quite delicious. My words. We'll have to get him on Bake Off and MasterChef. Well, maybe, maybe. But so that, you know, Prince Charles, I think they, they sent St. Doinwens, they sent a nice little harpist situation. Um, so Prince Charles has his own harpist and... I believe she's as you do. Yeah. As you do. How, how do you get that job? How do you get that job? And also there were obviously various different amounts of um, Burns night celebrations there. And my, co- my cousin who's living up in, in Glasgow and is working, she's a junior doctor in casualty. She missed the Burns night celebrations and then Haggis had run out everywhere. So she just used some posh sausages instead, which sounds like a very acceptable. I saw this on uh, Twitter that a lot of people complaining about their haggis, that they couldn't get it in all the supermarkets. It's been flying off the shelves. I'm partial to a bit of haggis. I haven't had it for a long time, though. But there's now a veggie haggis, isn't there? So everyone can be involved. So good wishes shared by uh, various royals. And I hadn't registered that Robert Burns did Old Lang Syne. So there we go. I've learned yes. something this week. That's, his, that's uh, his most famous poem. Taught to me by Prince Charles this week that that was, that was how that happened. So all sorts of excitement there. And then William and Kate, they did a call with some Scottish NHS people, I think, as well, to sort of cheer spirits up at the beginning of the week. Because let's face it, it's, it's tough times again at the moment. Well, it is tough times, you know, and you, we can't escape it, can we? It's pretty grim in the news cycle over in the UK. And, uh, and I suppose all in all sort of countries around the world. However, spirits were lifted for a group of um, heroic NHS workers in Scotland, and they were treated to a a Burns Night lunch by uh, one of the NHS charities and uh, got together with um, the Tayside Health Fund to to provide this lunch for 200 staff who have been working absolutely flat out treating coronavirus patients. And um, I think it was a really nice gesture. You know, there's not a lot that they can do. They can't get out and about at the moment you know that we they did the sort of royal train tour um last december just to sort of say thank you to everybody and this is a way of just showing their appreciation our appreciation and uh, and we got to see kate in a tartan dress so you know nearly broke the internet she looked she looked very fabulous and also her her hair is getting longer I mean, everyone's hair is getting longer, including Russell's. He's heading for the hairband to keep it away from the microphone imminently. It's not quite that long. People have to check it out on our pod save on the Instagram and track track just how long Russell's hair is getting. But um, yeah, Kate was kind of extra long hair and quite straight. And people are saying like 2012 vibes off it and quite um, quite enjoying the the different look. But and the reality is she's probably not being able to get to the hairdresser or have a hairdresser in because no. people would notice. They would. They would probably else. notice considering you're the future queen and you're popping up on Zooms left, right and centre. However, I am interested because um, some eagle-eyed people and myself, which I was quite pleased at for paying attention, that noticed that uh, Kate and William at this occasion, but Kate previously, was uh, from a new Zoom room. And so we started asking the palace as to why Kate was in a different room, was she at Anne Mahal? And it turns out that the Queen has lent them the big house and they've popped over the road to go to Sandringham to carry out you know, their new Zooms, their video calls. Um, and the reason for this is because they're homeschooling. And I think there's an awful lot of parents out there who really, really sympathise and that they can sympathise with. I mean, they've spoken about the sort of trials and 
tribulations previously, haven't they, about homeschooling hell? Um, but it's, you know, I think it's quite a lot different when your kids are allowed to run around outside and be boisterous and make dens and, you know, bivouacs or whatever it is, tents. And now they're all inside and they're probably driving all, everybody mad because they're trying to burn off some energy. So we don't know whether that is the case of being a bit cheeky. However, it does seem that the Queen has lent them one of the rooms in the big house to sort of go and set up a mini office and do their, uh, their video calls in peace. Children, we've got to go to work in the big house. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> well, it's probably also quite handy because they've got a new puppy as well. So it's, it's better not to have all of the dog situation running about potentially as well. So many. It's full on. It's full on at the moment. At home. Yeah. I um, did like that story. You know, did like that story popped up at the, at the weekend. It was sort of a, a bit of light in the darkness, wasn't it? That uh, your poor old Lupo had passed away a couple of months ago. And uh, James Middleton has come to the rescue because he's bred, he breeds these dogs, doesn't he? And they'd come from an original litter in about 2011, and he gave the Lupo to them in 2012. And this is this new dog, uh, female dog, is uh, is from that sort of original litter. So Lupo's it's sort of all... niece, Lupo's a niece, a descendant of that original litter. So it's very nice. Do we, yeah, do it we was know nice. a name yet? Or is that don't know a name. name. Don't know a name. Any? I mean, any clues? I don't know. Maybe four letters. Well, Dave. Also, Call it Dave. Also, the children presumably are going to have a good go and a good row about who gets to name the dog. I mean, obviously, we'd go for Doggy McDogface, probably. <laughs> Snoop Doggy Dog. <laughs> Brilliant. So that, so that was good. Um, and the Royals... Sophie Wessex talked about her dad getting vaccinated and sounded so sort of excited like that she'd had that as an early birthday present. And I think for so many people that is, you know, worrying about elderly parents, elderly relatives who, who they can't see in, and support in the same way that they would normally be able to. So that yes. is always good news. It is. And, it, and she spoke about, you know, this wonderful birthday present that she'd received, an early birthday present because her father had received the vaccine and that is really really important and um again you know royals speaking about the nhs speaking about the vaccine very publicly as well getting behind it the queen led the way obviously by uh letting it be known that she had had the vaccine alongside the duke of edinburgh um obviously william has spoken about it and i think that we'll we'll definitely see some more um royals speaking about whether they've had the vaccine or supporting the vaccine supporting the people who are responsible for the rollout of it um and it's good to see sophie wessex again you know talking about these things that matter because it does it really does sort of shift 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 public opinion and really shape it as well and so um a sort of it was described as a poke in the eye for the anti-vaxxers and i think that that's in, in an interesting turn of phrase but possibly um it does matter and it does it is the way that we are going to get out of this mess isn't it and i think that that's something that the royals can do you know, on this occasion i think we've we've talked i mean we're still recording remotely in our spare rooms with occasionally tricky wi-fi and technology which we <laughs> which we always manage to get through so far with touch wood we have never been defeated but um the royals it's obviously also changed the way they work the queen seems to still sort of be taking a bit of a holiday as she normally would in january the the royal family um social feeds are quite quiet compared to the um clarence house and kensington ones but 
there is a new job app that has been advertised, Russell. Have you seen this one? I will, I will read you. I have. came through. Yeah, today. go ahead. The Royal Household has just announced it is in the market for a senior employee communications assistant to help its 1,200 employees stay connected and informed while many work remotely during the pandemic. 1,200 employees, that's a lot of people. Big business, the firm. So the successful candidate will be tasked with creating posts and videos to keep staff and the public up to date with the latest goings on in the royal household. Good communication and organisational skills are essential. And with a boss like Her Majesty the Queen, this job is perfect for those keen to take on a new challenge. If you've discovered a hidden talent for keeping your circle of friends connected during lockdown, organising virtual birthday parties and hen this job may be for you. I'm guessing the good people at LinkedIn, the sort of the PRs, they sent it over to me because I do a royal podcast rather than because they think I might want to... Well, you never know. ...for the role. But it sounds like it's a combination of like internal and external because we've seen them doing quite a lot of you know here's how to make i don't know was it the queen's mince pies and do the do the wreaths and that kind of stuff so it's, and then the garden and a sense of the workings behind the scenes but it does also sound a bit like you know organizing the virtual pub and the royal you know royal stuff royal well star maybe queen. they do you never know. Maybe they do a bingo. Kate and William have been doing the did the bingo oh, yeah. last year with the uh, the old folks in the in the home. Um, maybe they do a, a pub quiz. Um, dress. Come dressed I, as your boss. <laughs> Come dressed as the queen. I might put my uh, hat in the ring for this. I like I like a good meme. They're talking about you know keeping uh, up to date with posts and videos. You know maybe it'll be me and you facing off on the, in the final round. You never yeah. know. I've got, no, can't, can't even think about doing anything else. I want to stay and do this forever, Russell. Oh, of um, course. Yeah. Of course. But there's other other changes in the staff at um, the Royals as well, with the Cambridges losing one of their sort of key, key people to a big old job. Big job. I mean, it's not the only one because uh, Prince Charles's uh, communications chief, Julian Payne, is also leaving, and that's a big loss. I think he's been really integral and responsible for shifting uh, attitudes over the last few years about of, of uh, Prince of Wales and Duchess of Cornwall. I think their, you know, their stock is really, really high at the moment. You've, he's really navigated Charles's um, major push into the environmental sphere with uh, Davos and climate change. Um, and I think that's really, really important and, and a big, big loss to, to the royal household. And then you have uh, Prince William's communications chief who moved up to be his acting private secretary, Christian Jones. Now, he's only been in the job a few months. And, you know, there have been a few people saying, is this, you know, a bit of a clear out? I don't know. I think it's probably a bit of circumstance um, at the moment. However, it is a big loss to the Cambridges because obviously they lost Simon Case, who was um, their William's private secretary. He had gone back to government to run the civil service and now Christian had moved up and now he had been sort of responsible for, for the shift to digital, getting them out on the, on the video calls, getting uh, them out to, um, you know, whether it was opening the NHS, uh, Nightingale hospitals, whether it was responsible for the Royal train tour, which went very successfully. Um, apart from a few naysayers in the regions. And I think, again, it will be a big loss. It's always a big shift. However, people don't stay in these jobs for long. They tend to do, you know, five years or so and then move on to a much bigger role. And that's certainly what Christian Jones is doing. He's going to, uh, he's going to work for a private equity company. And no doubt that's, um, you know, a big, a big shift for him. So we will be watching and waiting to see who takes these jobs. And it will be quite interesting to see what direction 
the new staff take them in. And um, and uh, I, again, everything's all a bit up in the air at the moment, isn't it? Because we're all sort of battling against working from home, working remotely, what, you know, deciding when we're going to be allowed out again, let alone going on trips, engagements and tours. So, um, yeah, it's a very, very interesting time for, for the Royals as, as well as everybody else. Quick point of order, I don't think we can call Wales and Scotland the regions, particularly after we have just celebrated their special, two of their special days at the top of the show. <laughs> they are nations, not regions. So anyway. Apologies, in our, in apologies before I start our, a war. Our devolved neighbours. Um, so other, other staff changes. Um, Prince Andrew has popped up again in your kind of suggested topics of conversation on the yes. podcast. With- I mean, you know, not wishing to labour the point on Andrew, but I mean, th- th- we are more than a year from the Newsnight interview um, where he said he would cooperate with authorities. Uh, obviously, he's denied any of the allegations in front of him, but obviously the uh, the FBI and US prosecutors still are very, very keen to speak to him. And certainly the lawyers representing Dozens of women are very keen for him to speak to those authorities and tell them what he knows. Now, the issue is for Prince Andrew is that he'd been forced to step away from Buckingham Palace, forced to step away from his patronages, at least a lot of them. And uh, and it seems as though his flagship um, projects, Pitch at Palace and Pitch at Global, have had a plethora of, um, of, of staff leave. They've had at least 15 staff leave the business over the last few months, and that is because uh, it's so much uncertainty about whether he will return to, let alone frontline duties, whether he will, he will actually return to his business activities as well. And I think it's been widely reported that he's considered, you know, so toxic in, uh, in nature until this business with the cases surrounding Jeffrey Epstein and cases surrounding... Elaine Maxwell, who has, um, you know, recently been denied bail, is languishing in jail at the moment, awaiting trial. Um, whether he whether he has any shot of ever returning, I saw recently that um, you certainly sources close to him were saying, you know, he does realise and recognise the fact that he can't just step back into his own life, uh, old life, until this is all s- sorted. And I thought that that was um, sugarcoating it somewhat, because even if it does get sorted he speaks to the fbi it's a long long road back for him and i imagine that's what uh, other people are thinking and, and probably trying to safeguard their own future um by jumping ship so who knows what the future may hold for for andrew it's um it's going to be a, tr- a tricky road that's for sure absolutely well he's he's 60 i mean you know he's not short of a bob or two so maybe you could just do some early retirement it was still very young, isn't it? And I suppose he, 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 the thing with Andrew is he's so um, used to being the man in the room, isn't he? And sort of whining and dining and uh, being being that central focus, whether it's representing Britain on trade missions or whatever he used to get up to. Or, um, you know, I, I think it's it's a difficult gig to then take on retirement if you've been used to being uh you know so 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 busy i suppose and now with it I, I, undoubtedly he won't want to clear his reputation that his his main focus and um and uh, there's only one way out of it isn't there and, and that's to uh to ink a date in his diary to to speak to the fbi um and the u.s prosecutors and until that happens i'm afraid that um, the uncertainty will still rage on 
Absolutely. Um, when we were talking about the changing of the the staff earlier, you mentioned the um, the person who'd been very instrumental in kind of repositioning Charles and Camilla and improving views there. And since we last spoke, the Duchess of Cornwall has launched her first set of books for the reading room. So I used it as an excuse to catch up with um, one of my good friends and colleagues from the mirror who is also a friend of the show and who like most of everybody i haven't seen in nearly a year so welcome back to pod save the queen julie delahaye in her daytime she is mirror online's uh, travel editor but when she's not tapping away about travel she is usually buried in a book i think <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, thanks for having me on the podcast again <laughs> well it's great to have you back it's fair we haven't been able to talk quite so much about travel over the last year but books i think have been a savior for a lot of people oh my god i've been reading so much during lockdown um it's been an absolute life savior. Like there's so many good books that have been coming out as well. Um, yeah, it's just been so good. I'm trying to get through 75 books this year, but with the current restrictions, I feel like I could actually manage it. <laughs> that is a lot of books. So when, when I saw uh, Kimla's choices, I was like, right, I wonder how many of these Julie has read and what she thinks about them. So, so what's the tally? So I've read two of them. I've read Mirror and the Light by Hilary Mantel, and I've read Alif Shafak's The Architect's Apprentice. Um, I'll say Alif Shafak is one of my absolute favourite authors. I think everything she writes is just beautiful. So I'm a huge fan of Camilla's choice of this book. Um, also, she... So the I won't spoil too much, because I know people want to read the books, but the book itself is like this beautiful story about an architect's apprentice that's not a spoiler alert it's the title um <laughs> and he basically he travels with a white elephant and the story it's just it's got princesses it's got politics it's got animals it's got i just i really loved it i am um, i actually read this book just before christmas which is why i think i'm so excited about this choice um it's just a really lovely book and her writing is it's just really it's I always say she writes like fairy tales for adults so I think it's just a really nice bit of escapism and I think especially you know with lockdown and everything I think it's a really nice choice it's it's just a bit of a fairy tale for adults really oh that does sound lovely it's not one I've ever heard of although my, I have to say that my tv watching has gone up a lot and my <laughs> book book reading has gone down a lot because normally I do it when I, I'm away on a week off on a sun lounger and then I absolutely power through books and then the rest yeah. of the year not so much so that was where a few years back I read the second Hilary Mantel and I got through it quite quickly the first one took me forever <laughs> But doing it on a sun lounger was much more acceptable, like power through. And it's like, oh, this is actually a page turning type of book. So Mirror in the Light is obviously the third of the sort of the Thomas Cromwell trilogy. Yes. So Mirror in the Light picks up again. This is kind of a spoiler, but not a spoiler because of history. It picks up when Anne Boleyn's head has been unfortunately chopped off. And um, the book, I mean, I'm, I would consider myself quite a fast reader but this one is a beast so I think if you are going to be I think they're giving everyone about a fortnight to read each book this is one that you're going to want to like get a good cup of tea with because it's it's brilliant but it's very hefty but I just I mean I love the whole trilogy so I think if you haven't read Bring Up the Bodies and Wolf Hall Wolf Hall then Bring Up the Bodies I think 
you can follow the story, but I would recommend reading those two before you read Mirror and the Light because the way Hilary Mantel builds up Cromwell as a character, it's it's really interesting. And this is obviously like the book about his downfall. So I feel like if you haven't read the other two books, you can still follow the story, but there'll be quite a lot that you might, it, it kind of refers back to the other books. So there'll be a lot you might miss out. Um, it's just really interesting as well, because I think it's an interesting choice because it's it's obviously about, Henry VIII's court so it's got a lot of like royal I don't know like it's just a very interesting choice I think from someone who's in the royal family because it kind of looks back at that history and he's obviously a very iconic slash very controversial person because well I don't even need to say why he's controversial (laughs) he just he just like killed all his wives but um except one sorry but yeah I just it's a really interesting book I think if you're a history nerd which I am a bit of it's she really piles in like quite a lot of really fascinating details about how court worked. And I mean, it's obviously it's very heavily fictionalized because she wasn't there. So, um, but it's just, it's just a really interesting read, especially about how like court used to work, like how you rise up in it and you know, who's the favorite and how it works when there was a new, a new wife and how everything had to sort of change. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Very good book. (laughs) Very interesting. And particularly, you know, she is obviously, the second wife of a future king so yes. oh connections with camilla so we've got a fairy tale um with sort of princess connections we've got the mirror and the light so mirror and the light i'm guessing is inches thick is the architect's apprentice a little bit more manageable yeah that- i'd say if if you're looking for a lighter read like a physically lighter read architect's apprentice is i think it's like 300 pa- it's like a standard pa- paperback size i'm not gonna pretend i know the page numbers but um I would start with that one, but Mirror and the Light is, I mean, if you are, if you are fascinated by Henry VIII, it is worth giving it a go, but just leave yourself a bit of extra time, um, especially if you're trying to read along with it. Yeah, definitely worth the effort. So I know one of the, well, I definitely hadn't heard before of where the crawdads sing, but I saw that there was a huge amount of excitement in the comments and loads of people raving about it when she shared that choice. Yeah, I haven't personally read it. But I follow a lot of book bloggers and a lot of, and they, they're all just loving it. It's, it's on my reading list. Um, I personally don't know too much about the story and everything yet. Cause I'm very, I try not to have spoilers. So I've tried to avoid it, but I've seen a lot of, it's just had really rave reviews. Like everyone's saying it's like one of the must read books. So I really like that she's put it. I, I really like the choice of the books. Cause I feel like she's got Alif Shafak, who's a very famous author, but people might not have heard of her in England I don't know quite how she how she's well known here then there's Hilary Mantel who's very famous and then she's also picking books that are popular at the moment I just think it's a really good mix and a bit of a thriller looking situation in there as well with a sort of William Boyd Restless and that is definitely the kind of thing that I would be reading <laughs> on a sun lounger in about I know. I'm really misreading crime thrillers on a sun lounger by the pool there's something I think it's because when you're sat by a pool there's something really soothing about it but Obviously, at the moment, people can't be by the pools. I mean, you can get a paddling pool in your garden, but I don't think that's going to be... A bit chilly. It would have been a nice rink this week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, okay. Well, and what do you think about um, Camilla starting this project up as sort of an Instagram book club? I really like the idea. I think a, there's a lot of virtual book clubs and stuff that have obviously popped up, but... I like the fact that it's on Instagram so people can read along, but also in their own time. Cause sometimes in a book club, you can feel a bit pressured to like catch up and have interesting things to say about this, 
specific book you're reading but I I really like that she's picked such a good I think she's picked a really good mix and she obviously has a huge reach um you know being in the royal so I just I really I really like the concept of it I think it's gonna she's picked books that will appeal to all ages as well um well all adult ages but yeah I think it's just a nice thing to do, isn't it? At the moment, everyone's so bored and we're all trying to like, everyone's trying to get through it, whether it's reading or like you say, binging on Netflix. Um, I think there is also a TV adaptation of the Wolf Hall trilogy, but don't yeah. 100% quote me on that. So if you do want a Netflix binge, maybe it's worth having a look at that as well. But I haven't watched it again because I was being very weird about spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> spoilers in history, always yeah. one of those funny things as we encounter with the crown as well. Well, in, enjoy your reading, Julie. And I hope we all get to go reading on Sunlanders again very yeah. soon. And we can talk about royal travel again because yes, that's lovely. Definitely. Well thank you so much for having me. Great to see you. Take care. So it was really lovely to catch up with Julie and talk books. And I have to say, when I saw Camilla's uh, choices, in fact, this was something that Julie and I talked about just before we chatted on air, was, oh, Hilary Mantel, interesting choice, because she famously made some comments about uh, Kate, the Duchess of Cambridge, back in 2013. So admittedly a long time ago. And then there was, you know, a bit of palaver as there ever is about how the comments are taken or interpreted or reported. But Hilary Mantel, she said, Kate seems to have been selected for her role of princess because she was irreproachable as painfully thin as anyone could wish, without quirks, without oddities, without the risk of the emergence of character. She appears precision-made, machine-made, so different from Diana, whose human awkwardness and emotional incontinence showed in her every gesture. Uh, She added, uh, in those days, Kate was a shop-window mannequin with no personality of her own, entirely defined by what she wore. These days, she's a mother-to-be and draped in another set of threadbare attributions. Once she gets over being sick from her morning sickness, the press will find that she is radiant. They will find that this young woman's life until now has nothing, was nothing, sorry. Her only point and purpose being to give birth. So some fairly sort of punchy words, but that can kind of be interpreted in various different ways about whether it, whether she's saying this about Kate or how Kate came to be in the royal family or how Kate people are perceiving Kate. And I think certainly since, since then, as we have recorded in you know in great detail on the podcast Kate has really sort of she has become far more than her clothes we we have talked very little about her clothes more recently because the well partly because we haven't been able to see quite as many of them and she's not been able to get to the shops as much but also because she has been doing her sort of big projects and more speeches and and really coming into her own so anyway so that was a side note but it was you know when but, things just jump out of you when you see something it's like oh Hillary Mantel I mean there's always time and space for a pussy bow mention though no, I'll, I'll just get that in just get that in i have to say the joe biden uh, inauguration his there were some good p- pussy bows in the sort of team america at the moment so we are loving your work over there um right what else is going on talk about kate she's planning some more follow-up to sort of five big questions and more early years type work you were talking about yesterday russell Well, this is very interesting, actually, because I have been doing a bit of digging after um, speaking to a few of the charities Kate has been involved with during the early years projects that we've been speaking about over the last year or so. One of the major projects that, uh, you know, everyone will know is about the five big questions for the under five. It's a landmark survey that was released last year. Obviously, there was a slight delay to it because of the coronavirus, but I think that sort of 
gave it a bit more of an edge, really, because there was a question about the crisis, about the pandemic and how people were dealing with it. And I think that that has really helped to shape some of the directions that uh, Kate's work will be able to go into in the coming year. And the people I was speaking to sort of really gave me a flavour about what she's been doing. And, and she has been working privately behind the scenes. These jobs, meetings, engagements, call them what you will, haven't been publicised. And I think that's really important because it's not all about, you know, getting the message out there. A lot of that work has to be done in the background. And certainly she wants to build on, on that survey. She wants to build on, uh, on the work that was done. And this is, uh, you know, this plan to, to help this silent victims of the coronavirus, the children, you know, who aren't able to attend school, who aren't able to see their friends, who are dealing with a multitude of different reasons as why they can't live their normal lives. And, and, uh, and, and, and the, the world we are living in has changed so much for them. And I think that that's um, going to be a very, very important focus moving forward for, uh, for Kate and her work with the early years. And she's also joined Prince Charles in sort of sending a message for Holocaust Memorial Day, which is today as we record it. And the embargo, I think, has just lifted in the space-time continuum. It has. It has. This is very, very emotional call that Kate was involved with. And um, I think that she not only was paying tribute to the strength and bravery of, of, of two Holocaust survivors and obviously the other survivors who are you know, working so hard continually to make sure that they educate the younger generation that we don't forget about the horrors that they suffered. But she was left, I mean, I watched this back and she was left visibly moved after telling, uh, after listening to two Holocaust survivors, um, a chap called Ziggy, who's 91, his mate, Manfred, 90, who, who actually met for the first time in 1944 in the uh, Stutthof, camp and you you got a, a feeling about how sort of invested she is in this because if you hark back to last year when she uh, did the photographs of the holocaust holocaust survivors which was fantastically well received and she's really become an accomplished photographer over the last few years and that i think was arguably her best work you talk about hold still is a bit a big project project but this was actually her putting her work out there not let alone you know pictures of the children or the dog or whatever this was a very very important project and um you know the way that she was just reacting to um listening and listening intently to to their horrific stories of being transported to concentration camps when they were young men were boys i mean you know 13 and 14 years old and the sort of struggles that they had to endure and the horrors they had to witness is um is something that definitely check out we've there's a big piece we've just put online some of the video is up there and um i think this is something we may see kate become you know a big big project for her because the, the the Prince of Wales is indeed the um, the, uh, the patron of the Holocaust Memorial Day Trust, and who knows when that may one day be handed down to the generation uh, below him. And 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 I think Kate would be an absolutely perfect uh, person to to take that over one day because she's obviously very very interested and um, invested in it. And Charles was. Um did a message for us as well and so has been involved with the commemorations yeah he has and I, I again as as 
patron of this trust. It's something that he's very, very passionate about. And he said that, you know, we all have a duty to be the light that ensures that darkness can never return. And I thought that was very, very powerful message on um, on Holocaust Memorial Day. And certainly it's very, very different this year. I mean, last year I was in Israel with him and Palestine and we uh, attended some uh, engagements and ceremonies that were ongoing to to commemorate the um, the event last year and this year it's it's all so different, isn't it? It's all going to be uh, over video calls, uh, but no less uh, dramatic in in its delivery because by people coming together and talking about it and listening to the stories of of those who had suffered so greatly in that time, it's um it's something that we are all all thinking about and certainly uh, a different platform. They've had Premier Premier League footballers talking about it, doing video messages. There's loads of uh, landmarks across the UK that are going to be lit up purple. There's a special ha- hashtag on Twitter that you can get involved with with the, the the purple flame as well. So check out the hashtag. Check out some of the stories that we've got running online because they are they are really um, really really wonderful and very very emotive. Our local council has put some stories of Holocaust survivors just up on up on or Holocaust victims, I think, up on lampposts. Like, no, oh, no no, connection locally, so far as I can tell, but just sharing that this was, you know, this was a thing, it's an important thing to remember and, um, you know, sort of sharing stories. And, you know, people are out and about walking around their local area, so I guess it is a, putting things on lampposts is a good place to... to well, def- definitely, and I think that's, that's... Yeah, and that's something that not only uh, Ziggy and Manfred were, were saying, is that, you know, they have a duty... To, to, to speak about their experiences and it, and it obviously had taken them a long time um, to to speak about the horrors that they endured but they you know Kate was also saying thanking them for dedicating themselves to educating the next gen- generation because not only does that sh- you know, she's saying show such extreme strength and bravery in doing so it's so important um, that the younger generation, do not forget, even though we have, I think Charles said this, the, the numbers of survivors are dwindling in their number uh, because of the, the passage of time that has passed. Um, and it's up to us, Charles's generation and our generation to, 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 carry, to carry that work on. So, um, so what else has been happening? Is there anything else we've missed? Anything happening from Team America? Team America. Well, now, uh, obviously, there's been a lot of headlines toing and throwing. There was a couple of days last week with uh, Megan's court case against the Mail on Sunday. Now, just a, a brief recap. She had applied to the judge at the High Court for a, something called a summary judgment. And that is when her lawyers were sort of campaigning to the judge by saying, this essentially is such a slam dunk case against the Mail on Sunday arguing over copyright and privacy of the letter that she had written to her father, um, that they wanted either it thrown out altogether or that the judge gave a summary judgment in her favour by saying, you know, the uh, the mainland Sunday don't have a hope in hell of, of winning this case and I will grant you uh, a victory. However, I don't think it is going to go that way. From listening to two days of the submissions, it seems there's so many grey areas with this still. And... I think reading between the lines, the judge really does want to hear some more uh, from both sides, and he really wants to get down to the, the the finer detail. And I think that there's 
certainly other aspects that were revealed in those in that two-day hearing that we haven't heard of we hadn't heard we heard some more of the letter that uh, Megan had written to her father the last couple of lines saying that she was appealing for peace and that is all that she wanted um, but also and I think this is, is so integral to the case that the was raised the prospect of the palace four, as they were described, the past and present uh, communications officers and uh, advisors to uh, to the royal family may be called to give evidence. And certainly the fact that Meghan had shared uh, details of the letter, her thoughts of the letter with um, Jason Knauf, who was working for them at the time, I think that, and, and has since gone on to work to, to be the CEO of the Royal Foundation, um, that that is potentially problematic. And he will, you know, how can a letter, I think that this is the argument for the Mail on Sunday, how can a letter be deemed completely private if, um, if Meghan had been sharing it not only with her friends, um, that she, she told them about it before they gave the interview to People magazine, but she'd also been discussing the content of it um, for, for, for for reasons unknown. She was saying that she just wanted to follow protocol, but that protocol isn't really uh, known what she did it for. So very, very interesting. Uh, we're going to get the results of that probably next week, week after. And so I think it will... I'm not a betting man, but I'm going to say I think it's going to go to a full trial. Uh, certainly that's what the judge will want. And then it's uh, it remains to be seen whether both parties will want to go to a full trial because obviously there's a a lot of time we've already got a delay to to the to the all uh, autumn um you know a lot of things could happen until then indeed and um there's another interview with prince harry as well and he was kind of getting involved with politics somewhat i think well he's sort of criticizing the the social media companies once again and i know that we've had harry saying this before but um I think that's obviously where their head is at the moment, isn't it? They've all, Harry and Meghan have said that they won't, through their spokesman, say they won't be doing any social media profiles for Archwell or even in a personal capacity. I mean, I've already um, suggested potentially that it was to do with their big tie-ins with Netflix and, and Spotify. Um, who knows what the reasoning is? And I think that they've already said that they feel that social media is... Uh, an avenue of hate in, in, in certain quarters. I mean, I don't think that's particularly fair. I think that certainly in the coronavirus crisis, in the lockdown, social media has been a, an amazing outlet for so many millions of people to keep in touch and to, um, you know, where would we, would we be without it? We've, we've, we've made some great uh, friends and associates through the podcast and, you know, speaking to people who give us ideas and chat to all the time. So I'm sure there is a place for everything and it's about trying to you know improve the whole sphere rather than labeling it as um, a sort of hate-filled and wicked yes and then there was it was also kind of in the aftermath obviously of the very difficult scenes at the capital um after the um on the day that the joe biden's election essentially was being being confirmed and it all kicked off and what's it prince harry says we are losing loved ones to conspiracy theories losing a sense of self because of the barrage of mistruths and at the largest scale losing our democracies which i think was perceived as like the the time of when it had had happened i think it's, it's more targeted at the sort of coronavirus anti-vax 
stuff i suspect but anyway it's all it's a very different world that he's operating in now compared well to you know if that, ago. if that is the case then granny will be pleased with him because uh you know that poke in the eye to the anti-vaxxers by uh by the queen duke of edinburgh saying that they had had the vaccine i think that is uh, is something that um most of us will welcome Although later it's very, it's, we have seen time and again what happens when the real world cost of misinformation is disregarded. There is no way to downplay this. There was a literal attack on democracy in the in the United States, organised on social media, which is an issue of violent extremism. So you know it is see, seeing seeing social media as being a force for evil as well as for good. I guess is this kind of thing, and he was highlighting the the negative side of that coin. Um, so we'll, we will wait to see the outcome of the court case, and we'll wait to see what everybody else does next. Do we know anything that is coming, or is it all just sort of empty diaries? And what video call are we going to have popping up next time? I don't know, to be honest. I mean, it's 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 a very strange world we're operating in, and certainly there's there's no big plans being made. I know there was. You know, certain reports saying that the Queen was planning to get back for Trooping of the Colour in June. And I mean, I just can't see this happen, this big extravaganza. I mean, forget about the the um, the family being on the balcony. I mean, maybe we'll have a scale down one at Buckingham Palace like we did at Windsor Castle. But certainly there's no big plans being made. There's a baby to look forward to. There is a baby soon. to look forward to. So yes. Fingers crossed and good luck. And hopefully that will be some happy news that we can share with listeners well, I heard, certainly certainly hear that Fergie is telling everybody who will listen about how excited she is to be a grandma and, and who could blame her. I well, think that's indeed. Very, very sweet. And it's something, something to look forward to for the Yorks, for the rest of the Royals. Good luck to Eugenie and, um, and Jack. And you never know. In, in coming weeks, I'm told. That's all I'm told. Coming weeks, yeah. Mystery. The baby will come when it is ready. And, or when it gets a hurry up if it's, if it's <laughs> taking its time so well anyway thank you for joining me Russell we will catch up again soon we'll see what the Royals do next I've got a couple more interviews coming up with I might have my own Royal Book Club I guess where I find various authors and people who've done interesting things and bring them in to talk to you so I've got a couple of interviews lined up with authors to fit in around our schedule of you know weeks i mean i know russell's not got another birthday coming off but you might want to have a day off we might even let dan have a day off for good behavior because he's looked after us so well through all of all of the last year recording through (laughs) 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 he may be starting to lose it slightly after working from home for nearly a year but you know everyone is in good spirits hopefully um and we hope that you are too uh, join us on Twitter at PodSave and on Instagram at PodSave. You can also sign up to get a daily email with royal news from both Russell and Zoe with kind of the, the big headlines and many of the things that we end up talking about on here. You can sign up at mirror.co.uk slash email. And we'll be back next week with another episode talking about what the royals did next. But until then, stay safe. Stay safe. It has all gone wrong today. Stay safe. <laughs> stay well. And until next time. Pod save the Queen! Man, that was a shocker. 
we don't have them very often. No, great. I think when we do, we we save them all up and put them all in one. Exactly. Brilliant. Brilliant.